because life is worth living even when it feels like it's not. What it do baby it's your girl robin and today we are going to be talking about my mental health journey so i am going to kind of put a disclaimer at the front right here this is going to be a lot of intense things this is all things that have happened to me all personal experiences all things that i'm going to speak on from my perspective and so please just be mindful of that as you're listening hey trigger warning for this episode there's going to be a lot of talk of lots of mental health issues there's going to be talk of cutting and slewer shied attempts and things like that to say let's kind of start at the beginning of my life so i was originally born in england and i lived there for about seven years of my life i really honestly don't remember much there are obviously things like my bedroom our old house my grandparents school friends things like that that i remember but i think a lot of that is because we used to go back and visit a whole bunch and so a lot of times when i would go back and i would see places i would in my brain, I would make the connection of like, oh, this is familiar. And then somebody would talk about something and I would kind of link together what had happened. All this to say, I struggled really hard when I moved to America. Like I said, I was only about seven years old. Um, but as a seven-year-old, oh my gosh, I'm going to cry. Wow. Did not think we were going to get literally like three minutes and I was going to cry. Okay. It was really hard for me because I didn't understand the concept of being in a different country. So like a lot of times when you move or friends move, they move, but they don't move far. And to put things into perspective for you, England is tiny. So people would move, even if they moved to different countries, it wasn't super far. They were just a ferry ride away or a quick plane ride. It wasn't a big deal. And I remember when I found out that I was moving to America, my best friend, Becky, who is still my, one of my very best friends to this day. Hey, Becky, if you're listening, love you. Um, I'm literally gonna cry thinking about this. She literally thought I could take a bus to come home to come see her. So like that's kind of where we were with understanding the concept of wow, this episode's a lot harder than I thought it would have. So we just didn't understand that concept, right? We were very naive. She found out in probably one of the worst way possible too. I didn't get to tell her myself. I was telling somebody else and she walked up behind me and heard me talking about it and she ran off and she started crying. And that was probably one of the hardest days. Um, I'm crying because it was hard like that. And because I'm so happy that we... <laughs> Sorry, I did not think this was going to be that hard. And I'm crying because I've been through so much since then too. And she's still somebody that I would consider my very best friend. Sometimes it's just hard because we didn't get the chance to grow up together like I wanted us to. And we were and still are really close. But obviously things would be a lot different if <clears throat> we were in the same country. I am very happy we moved to America. I think there are a lot more opportunities out here and I think my parents saw and understood that obviously I was seven I didn't know what they were doing at the time um but as a seven-year-old this took a, a obviously a huge emotional toll on me and still has an emotional toll on me at the age of 22. I'm super thankful for all the opportunities I've had and I don't think that any of the things that I do now would be happening if we didn't move to America. There are obviously things that I wish that I could change and that I wish I could go back and and be with like be with those friends be with my family more get to do those things I think a lot about 
family vacations and birthday parties and people spending holidays with their families like a lot of people take that stuff for granted I was very much somebody who wanted that stuff with my family never got to really have it I remember when I was really young we would spend our holidays with our grandparents and so that was something like when we moved I really struggled with and I wanted to do and I really envied those kids who got to do that with their grandparents and got to be around them um, and so that was super hard for me like I said, there were two best friends, Becky and Beth, when I moved to America. To just kind of differentiate those friendships, I kept a couple friendships from England, like Holly, who I'd go back and see, and the Hollings boys, and things like that. But those were my two, they are my two, still to this day, like very best friends from England. And so I struggled a lot. I didn't really have anybody. And so my brother and I became really close. We were really close for a really long time. And I think part of that was because kind of forced circumstances, right? Like we moved from a different country. We didn't really have anybody. When you are raised by foreign parents, even though we are white, we have blonde hair and blue eyes and speak English, when we go home, our culture of life is a lot different than other people's. Um, and so we lived in a lot more old-fashioned styled home than a lot of people. Not in a sense of like the way it looked or the furniture, but just the way our parents ran it. I wouldn't say you would like walk in and think, oh, this is so different from any other household. We just kind of ran differently than other households, if that makes sense. And every household runs differently. I think my parents just brought more of a European style to things that they did. And so I think if we were in England, we would have seen parents raising their kids a lot more like my parents did and like I said there weren't any super major differences that I'm like this is so different this 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 and this it's just little things that make it different we grew up together I think part of it was that I think part of it was that we did a lot of the same activities so we were both black belts in taekwondo by the age I think he was 12 when he got his I was nine when I got mine we both and we were both super athletic we both were super competitive with each other. We were always around each other. Like he would, he did competitive soccer and I did competitive dance and we were always at each other's thing. When we were at home, I would hang out in his room and watch him play video games because I just wanted to hang around him and I wanted him to like me and I would hang out with his soccer friends and he hated that, but I just wanted to be around them all the time. And so we were really, really close. And I had a lot of friendships kind of fade in and out at this time. A lot I can't even remember. You know, just a lot of friendships. I mean, I had a lot of people that I would say that I connected with and I would still talk to to this day and people that I still respect and things like that. Just not people I came close with or that really super impacted my life. Just middle school is probably when I realized. So I moved to America when I was seven. So I was in second grade. And middle school, so like fifth, sixth grade, is kind of when I realized, like, oh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not normal. I don't function normal. And by the time it was either the end of fifth grade, or the start of sixth grade, I started cutting myself. And I was really into, I still am really into music, and I have a very hard time expressing my emotions so I may cry a lot or scream or get upset but it may not always be that I'm genuinely angry or I don't know I have a hard time relating to people what goes on in my brain I felt like music was always a place that allowed me to express those things like somebody else could kind of somebody else could kind of tell my story for me 
and I could kind of be like, yeah, that's how I feel that right there. And it kind of validated my feelings too. Like I'm not the only one. And so I remember, and I used to do this in every house. And I don't know why, but I would find a spot and that would be my spot. And usually it was in my closet. And at this particular house, I had a mirror on the back of the door leading to the attic. So my closet was like, you walked into my bedroom, you turned, walked through my bathroom to get into my closet. And then on the other side of my closet was the attic door. And so on the back of the attic door, like on the inside of my closet, I had a mirror that would hang down. And it was just like, because it was in my closet so I could see what I was wearing, whatever. Well, I used to like shut myself in my room at night, you know, like when I would go upstairs and my parents would be like, oh, they're just upstairs being kids playing or whatever. And I would like close my bedroom door. I would close my bathroom door. I would close the door leading into my closet. And then I would sit with my back against that door. And I would have both doors locked and I would just blast music in my headphones and cry or disassociate or just stare at myself in the mirror for hours and 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 hours sometimes through the night I'm just trying to feel something um and so I would say this is like kind of where it started and I think it started in the bathroom like in the shower and then it got to the point where I wouldn't do it like when the water was running so like it was one thing to do it in the shower and kind of just automatically have the shower wash it off it kind of felt like oh it didn't happen you know and then I could get out and I would put cream on it and I would, whatever and then I would hide it um, but it got to a point where like that wasn't enough and so I would just kind of sit in my bedroom or in my closet and at this point I had convinced my mom to buy me this razor it's like this men's metal razor that you could like twist and it would like open and close and you would put a straight up blade in it and because I what I started with was I was a crafter when I was little so I started with an exacto knife and then I moved on to these blades that my mom thought I was using to shave with and I struggled and I asked for help and I didn't get help and my parents knew I was cutting myself for a while didn't really get help I would say it was kind of like junior high when my mental health really um, started taking over and I was just depressed every day I didn't even really cut myself then I was just numb all the time and I hated everything and I couldn't understand what was going on and I remember one day I went downstairs and laid under the snooker table which if you're not British is like a giant version of a pool table and I cried my eyes out to my mom and told her that I wanted to die and that I hated my life and that I wanted to take a belt and wrap it around my neck and just hang myself and then I was just really just done and I got no help I got no help I got everybody goes through that everybody feels that way 
I felt that way when I was your age and I felt helpless and I think this is kind of when my brain couldn't handle being quiet and so this is when I noticed a lot of noise in my head like I couldn't ever just be relaxed I couldn't chill I couldn't I had to have something to kick the edge off and so by the time I was in eighth grade I was already drinking alcohol um aggressively not um lightly like bottles of vodka um every other week I was getting new bottles from people I was stealing from my parents I needed anything to numb the pain um and it got bad and it got bad and no one knew and no one noticed and and the signs were there but but no one saw them and I struggled I struggled really hard I got a job right when I I could Um, my parents thought I was being so studious I was just getting money to buy alcohol so that I could numb my pain because I didn't know what else to do with myself at that point I remember writing poems and trying to express myself and not understanding and feeling so lonely and There are lots of other things that happened in between that are still super triggering for me and hard to talk about and sometimes things I don't even really remember. My brother and I were still really close at this time too and so I would kind of confide in him sometimes but he was kind of dealing with his own stuff in his own ways as well at this point. Like Fast forward a couple years, I'm now in high school and I have already started smoking weed and I started smoking weed my end of my freshman year start of my sophomore year of high school and it started out very very just every once in a blue moon so like somebody else would have it um I remember the first time I did it without my brother because um my brother was very much somebody who was like if you're going to experiment with things I want it to be in a safe environment and so the first couple of times I was with him and I remember The first time I wasn't with him, we were at a skate park and there were all these people and they were making fun of me because I didn't know what I was doing. And then I remember just, and then I just remember getting this feeling of calmness like I'd never known in my life before. Like my body felt so relieved on weed. Um, And so I, I started pretty heavily smoking. So by the end of my senior year, Um, I had for graduation like my brother was buying me a pipe and like I had my own stuff and like I already had my you know just like I was already already doing it I had been caught at least once or twice by my mom um in different ways obviously I would like lie about it say it wasn't mine like whatever try to blame it on somebody else like she knew that wasn't true it was like in my bags like she was like why would somebody else's stuff be in your makeup bag in the bottom of your suitcase like you know like very like you're stupid um and so that happened and they didn't really know that I was smoking as much as I was um I still don't think they realized how much I was smoking at that point and then I graduated high school and at this point I was in a relationship with somebody wasn't a good relationship it wasn't a bad relationship but it wasn't a good relationship either he didn't push me to be a better person he didn't 
want me to exceed in anything in life. He wanted to be mediocre, and so I think he wanted me to be mediocre, and we all know I'm not mediocre, and so that kind of hit a brick wall, and so, you know, my brother left for college, and then my dad lost his job, and that was super hard in our family, and I think that was part of the reason I got heavily into smoking, and I don't even think my boyfriend at the time knew how much I was smoking, and I would hang out with his friends, and, like, I could super hang when it came to weed, and, like, everybody thought I just had a super high tolerance, and, like, with alcohol and stuff, and I was just really, like, an alcoholic in plain sight that no one knew. I wasn't, I didn't drink during the day, like, I wasn't a a day drinker alcoholic, but very much, like, when I got home at night, like, anytime I was alone and by myself, I would just drink oodles of alcohol. As much as I could get my hands on, I would just drink, 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 because I thought it was the only way to to not feel something my brother's off at college my dad gets this new job in a different state it's just me and my mom I'm smoking a lot and drinking a lot I don't really think at this point she could do much I mean she was working a job she was there by herself and I was going to do what I was going to do regardless I wasn't defiant in any way Um, I graduated pretty high up in my class in high school got honors you know walked with courts graduated with you know scholarships and all that kind of stuff like I was not a bad kid And so I think because of that, and I was very much like a functioning, doing well student, my parents didn't really second guess any of the things that had gone on. And they had just kind of been like, oh, it's just, you know, a regular kid. All kids go through this, these kind of phases or whatever. And so then I finally graduate high school and my mom leaves. So my mom had stayed with me while my dad moved for his job. My mom stayed with me and then finally my mom moved. And I lived with somebody who was probably a good influence on me, but had access to things that weren't a good influence on me. And so um, I started smoking all day, every day at this point. So it's freshman year of college. I, at this point, I don't go to class not high. I don't go to work not high. I don't wake up and go anywhere not high. Like I need to be high to do anything, function 24 seven. At this point I had broken up with said boyfriend. I had confided in this girl and we had become really good friends when I moved in with this roommate only to find out literally like not even three, four months later, she was dating my ex and then I don't know, something like nine months later they got engaged and now they're married. So good for them. Congratulations. I'm glad you guys found each other. But I think that was something I really struggled with because she was somebody I really confided in in that time. And obviously I was going through my breakup, which wasn't hard on me. I broke up with him. I was very, I don't want to be in this anymore. But anytime you, you break up with somebody, I feel like you you start like refinding yourself again or whatever. And so he left my life and but this time I had been hooking up with this guy who was horrible for me horrible and at this point I had kind of made friends with some people who I would not have made friends with had I not been drinking and smoking and hanging out with that crowd and so I start hanging out with this couple and they were fine and they thought that the person I was seeing was fine And then I remember one day we were over at his place doing something and he may have said something or done something that, you know, kind of wasn't okay. And my guy friend at the time who was in a relationship with this other person kind of came over to me and was like, hey, like, I think this guy's great and all, but like, maybe not for you. And I think in the nicest way possible, he was trying to be like, maybe you shouldn't. 
And I really do truly believe that him and even his girlfriend, wife now, even though we're not friends anymore, I I do believe back then they were trying to see the bad in him and look for the... They, they were trying to help me. They were being authentic in that. Um, I know we're not friends anymore, but I never got the chance to say thank you to them. So I finally stopped talking to that guy. I realized that he was toxic. And then maybe I shouldn't be talking to him. And then like a couple months after we stopped talking, I found out some even more worse things that just made it even better that I was talking to him at the time. And so I just kind of moved on from that stage in my life. And this is actually when I met my current boyfriend, Trevor. Oh my gosh, you guys, this is a story, okay? So we were actually, I was hanging out with a couple at the time who I was friends with and they had some friends who they'd been friends with for a while they'd known through actually ironically church and they were like hey these guys want to come over and hang out like we should let them come over and hang out you know so and so you've met them a couple times in high school whatever and I was like oh yeah sure okay whatever and at this point like I was I was just kind of hanging out with any anybody and everybody like whoever people brought over like I was fine with so these guys come over they hang out and this is right before I had stopped talking to this super toxic guy they weren't there more than an hour two hours and they left and I got a snapchat notification from Trevor and it said I know I don't know you and I know it's not my place but you should break up with that scumbag and I will never forget that text because from then on we just started talking every day like we connected so fast off the bat it was unbelievable i don't even remember like what we would do or talk about or say we just could snapchat each other all day every day about everything and he was just helping me see the light through that and so we kind of became friends and then one day we kissed (laughs) and literally the rest is history like we kissed it was like sparks flying we kind of hung out for a couple I want to say like even like maybe a month longer and then he finally asked me to be his girlfriend and now we've been together for almost four years but my my life changed when when Trevor stepped into it to jump back a little bit when I went to college I decided to go to my community my local community college part of that I think was out of fear of going to a big college and part of it was like I kind of wanted to stay around my boyfriend at the time and whatever that ended up being the best decision I've ever made because that's the year that Michaela and I really rekindled so my best friend Michaela we were friends in eighth grade we were inseparable in every class we were in but we never hung out outside of class and then we rekindled senior year of high school became like besties like but she didn't know any of the like shitty shit that was going on in my life like she just didn't know and then we became best friends freshman year of college and between her and Trevor they guided me back to life and so as I started dating Trevor he kind of made me feel more comfortable with the idea of going and seeing a doctor getting better and This was the first time in my life I felt like I had a reason to go to the doctor and I had a reason to try and make myself better and to get on medicine. And I didn't really believe in any of that before. Um, I think I also just didn't have a reason. I didn't have a purpose. And I think part of the reason I went to community college is because I never thought that I would make it that far and 
so part of me struggled and didn't know what to do um in between Trevor just showing me how authentically he can love me and Michaela doing the same and now Amber and all of our other friends I learned um even when you don't know what your purpose is that there is a purpose and that there's a reason that you're here and that you should get help and so between between Trevor, Michaela, and Amber over the last four years I have gone to therapists, I have been put on antidepressants, I have a psychiatrist who I go to every three weeks I'm on medicine for mood stabilization, I have been diagnosed, and I am actively working on myself every single day to make myself better, and it really does take a village. Um, I would have spiraled into Black Abyss if I did not have the support that I do for my friends. Um, I went through quite a few friendships between freshman year and now. Um, I lost some people who I thought were going to be in my life forever. Um, people who I thought, even though they were no longer in my life, would at least want the best for me and my family. And I've realized true personalities of people. And... I've also learned that your family is not always your blood and that you 100% can choose the people who support you and love you and who are around you and who are you, your community. And just through the last year, I have changed so exponentially. Um, I'm on different types of medicines that are actually helping. I go to church every Sunday, a place that I love with people that I love. And I get to do something that I love. And they're guiding and teaching me and helping me and being a community for me. And I feel confident in myself. And I'm learning how to love myself. And it is a really hard process and it is not over and I have to keep working. But I am not the same girl that I walked into college as. And I am so thankful for that. I know I didn't talk a lot about my brother or my parents once they got to college and I think that uh, I think that when my brother went to college he lost himself as well and he lost himself in a very different way than I did and and he is still learning how to deal with that and that's his story to tell but I will say that in the process of us both losing ourselves um, I also lost him as my best friend. I did. I, um, don't talk to him really that much anymore. We, um, are not in daily communications by any means. I couldn't tell you what's going on in his life. We're very, um, disassociated in that sense. And I know that a lot of siblings aren't close, but we were. And so to go from being best friends and knowing everything and him being like a soul judgment for me, like him being somebody that 
I would confide in and go to for advice and ask opinions of like he's now none of those things and so it's hard and I really struggle and there's a lot that I've struggled with through that um and I want nothing but the best for him and hopefully he knows that and my actions have shown that even though yeah um but it has been tough it has been really 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 tough and it is hard getting a diagnosis it is hard getting medicated it's hard being treated it's hard accepting understanding and learning and becoming somebody else is hard and I'm still struggling with it and I just think the only thing we can do is talk about and people struggle with mental health in their own ways and different things like that but I just don't think that it is talked about enough um mental health addiction alcoholism um so to go back I do actually now have my medical marijuana card because in the state of Arkansas it is medically legal I've been diagnosed with PTSD um weed does help me my doctors know about it um alongside my prescribed medicine it is okay it is helpful it has made me a better person I also completely quit drinking alcohol um so right after my 22nd birthday I quit that was the last time I had a drink was my 22nd birthday I had margaritas and mojitos and then I was done I struggled a lot within this last year especially getting on medicine and figuring out my mental illnesses I cannot drink alcohol I black out I don't remember things I say and do things I don't remember and it's just not a healthy thing for me I would be sick every time I would drink like not just like oh my god I'm gonna puke pukes and can rally like I would be in the bathroom puking all night my hangovers weren't necessarily horrible but I would be up all night just absolutely puking my guts out and I just realized that wasn't something that was benefiting me in any way even when I was drunk like I wasn't happy and I couldn't remember what happened and and I remember thinking to myself like what's the point of having fun if I can't remember what happened and that's kind of when I stopped I realized I didn't need it and what I'm telling y'all when you meet your tribe you meet your tribe you meet them you know okay I have never even been questioned why I stopped drinking and I was by far the biggest drinker and I think partially people know but I think a lot of it is just people having fucking respect and I was taking water shots on New Year's Eve none of them cared none of them asked they would pour my shots for me um and I just think it's about surrounding yourself with people who accept you now some people wouldn't be able to be in that situation because they can't be around the alcohol they would drink but for myself it's not that it's a self-control thing I know I can't drink if I start drinking then I can't stop myself but if I don't start in the first place I don't want to and so I've really just gotten in a habit of making fun drinks that I like for myself that aren't alcoholic and like I said taking shots of water so that I still feel like I'm in on the action I still play beer pong and I just play with an energy drink and drink my energy drink things like that 
I've just replaced the bad habits with good ones, with things I want to keep. I work out five to six days a week. I journal every single morning now. I try to read every time I wake up in the morning. For Christmas this year, I got quite a few devotionals, so I've been going through my Bible and doing those. But my journey from start to finish is a lot and there's a lot that I think I missed out on in this episode that I didn't talk about that I need to dive deeper into and maybe I'll have a Q&A somewhere and you guys can tell me you know what you're wanting more of but I just kind of wanted to share a snippet and like I said there's a lot that I did not cover in this I went through so much as a kid um, even <clears throat> as a young adult figuring life out and being on my own and all this kind of stuff and there's obviously a lot of stuff out of respect that I am not going to talk about because I don't want my family to hate me for the rest of my life. Out of respect there are things that I just won't share um, but do know there is a lot going on behind the scenes that you don't see and that you don't know and I struggled really hard and to be finally diagnosed eating mood stabilizers and being ADHD and things like that having clarification and understanding and acceptance means that I can now become the best version of myself and so I hope that's what you gain from this episode is that the world can you know put a lot of things against you but there's a reason there's a purpose you're here you know I think a lot about seventh grade me who didn't want to make it out of seventh or eighth grade and now I'm here sharing my story in hopes that it'll keep some of you around because life is worth living even when it feels like it's not. It's important that we speak up about mental health and talk especially to each other about it, to your close family and friends and you check in on them because you just never ever ever know what's going on behind closed doors. I am so thankful to be making this episode, to be here to share my story with you all, to get to say how amazing the people in my life are. There are just so many people who have helped me understand that it's okay and that it's okay not to be okay, but it's not okay to not be okay and not do anything about it. And so that's really what I am sharing here today. I want you to take my story and understand I spent a lot of time in the dark and scared and worried and fearful and not wanting to live but I got around the right people I got ambition I got community I got support and I have thrived ever since then and now I'm sharing my story in hopes that it'll help some of you realize your purpose and your worth in this world and that you'll understand that you're here for a reason and that you know we love you I love you this world is on your side and you just need to you just got to get through some hard battles sometimes and everybody has hard battles and you're not alone and that's what I really want you guys to take from this today and so if you have any other questions or you want me to deep dive into anything please just send me like a dm on instagram I'd love to talk about some more stuff that you guys want to talk about I would love to talk about how mental illness has played a role in everything I've ever done in my life and how I think it's still playing a role in everything I do and will continue to do and then I would love to just, you know, chit chat and answer some Q&As. So if you guys have any questions or you want me to talk about things, even if they weren't on the podcast today and you just want me to talk about them, just let me know. I would love to do whatever you guys want to hear. That's what I want to talk about, you know, and it's about being together and recovering together. And so if you guys have questions or anything like that, I want to make sure I'm answering them. And we are a community of support. So if you're not following us over on the Instagram, you should go do that. It's smiley.face.co. 
is our Instagram. Our podcast is the Take Care of Yourself podcast. My name is Robin Blakely, and I am so glad that you chose to tune in with us today. I hope that you are doing well and that you choose to take care of yourself and your own mental health over everybody else. And I love you, and I hope that you have a wonderful rest of your day and week, and that we will see you back next time. Thank you for showing us love, and we love you.